should probably say it to average Joe's. We got four of us tonight. Chris is still out down yonder, down south in Texas, I reckon. And I think it's supposed to be pretty cold there. Like, it's teens. That's what I heard, yeah. So, good for him. He's enjoying that, I'm sure. He's probably not getting outside much, but... Did you hear that Buffalo's supposed to get hit again? Yeah, I saw another, that. like another one to three feet of snow in yeah. like 24 hours. Yep. Well, and I know there's a winter storm warning for Genesee and Wyoming counties for tonight through Thursday. We won't get anything, but... No, I mean, it's, God doesn't want the Bills to play. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> or maybe just spitballing, but uh, God wants to see... Patrick Mahomes and Taylor Swift and <laughs> Travis Kelsey not do as well. Mm-hmm. We're the only stadium in the league that doesn't have a heated, like the the playing field's not heated, mm-hmm. so it is frozen solid. It's hard when you land mm-hmm. on it. And I hear some knee injuries, ankle injuries. Yeah, yep. That'll all be rectified with the next stadium, but that taxpayers are paying for. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, out of all the stadiums, you'd think Buffalo would be the one. That well, I think it was relatively new technology. We've had this stadium since 80 or something, 1980, something like that. So, And the Bills use it to their advantage, hoping yep. they can beat the southern teams, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. But my favorite combat sport is uh, politics. Yeah. So I was much more interested in the Iowa, Iowa caucus. I, 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 what, what, what came of it? I haven't heard enough. I, I haven't uh, listened to it. I got a yeah. I'll by the end of night tonight. I because I don't have my I don't have access to that kind of stuff uh, until three thirty. So all that I have heard, and I can give it to you in a sentence, is um, a, a run-on sentence. But um, Trump dominated. Mm-hmm. I think he was over fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Um, DeSantis was like twenty-two or twenty-three percent. Nikki Haley was like twenty percent, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, Vivek or Vivek A. Fox or whatever that Ron dude's Swami. name is, Ron Swami. He uh, suspended his campaign. Did he? Yep. Wow. Um, and and speculation is yeah. he's uh, suspending his campaign for president. But basically, is beginning his campaign for vice president. So, um, and Nikki Haley coming in third place says it's a two-person race. So I'm not sure what that meant, but mm. she's proclaiming it's a two-person race. So, so it sounds like Mickey Mouse is a good option to vote for next fall. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I'm, I, you know, I, I think we're supposed to have a voice in politics. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it needs to be my personal voice that everybody hears. So, yeah, God help <laughs> us. Revival or bust is what I, my talking heads say. Yeah, that's true. The the problem is the belief that thank you um, that Trump is the revival. You know, yes, and there right. are people that have that have just absolutely bought into him blindly and yeah and as a call themselves christians yeah yeah and and, and if you don't vote for him then you're not yeah mm-hmm. and um i'm pretty sure i'm a i'm firmly in the camp of the lord and uh i'm pretty sure 
I'm not going to probably end up voting for him. But. And there are those who just say, say the opposite. Also, if you yeah. if you uh, vote for him, then you're not right. Right. Uh, with the Lord, I don't listen to any of those people. No. Uh, either way. No. Fortunately, but. And as a pastor, I'm not going to tell you which way to vote. I'm going to yeah. tell you pray and pray a lot, pray hard, and mm. and discern the Lord's will and go from there. Vote for Jesus. Yes, just like I told you to date Jesus for a while. Yeah. Uh, but I do think there are there's things principles though that that are clearly Christian yep. and things that are not. And and as you know, uh, one of those for me is the right to life. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I'm not going to vote for somebody who isn't firmly a, a pro life. So yeah, which makes you know. I'm not sure Trump is really in that camp either. Right, no. Uh, and this Nehemiah discussion uh, somehow touches these things because we're trying to rebuild yeah. society just in general, just like they did. And, and uh, it's possible, and there are some material things you do, but mostly uh, philosophical or, or theological and values. Uh it's slow but I'm hoping there's time left hope and pray and I suppose I think from the smart people I listen to uh, they say it's not over yet America's not washed up there there aren't a lot of signs of hope but <laughs> there are some yeah I, I just heard somebody within the last week talk about um, that the the COVID mess. Um, one of the things it did was it woke a lot of people up to the dangers of institutional decision making, and that that was a place of hope where people are saying. Mm, this might not be, you know, or trust the experts. You yeah, mean, or government. or saying, okay, you know, the schools pushed, you know, so yeah. many mandates on some of that yeah. stuff. You're, you're still, you're seeing a large exodus of, you know, of people that are saying, I'm not putting my kids in school, and we have really talked long and hard about even, you know, Rachel, the the program she wants to go to is at a, um, at a SUNY school. And like, you know, do we really? Mm-hmm. So we've had some conversations around that. We've we've talked about Houghton and how encouraged mm-hmm. we are there with the decisions that are being made. And mm-hmm. um, you wonder, though, like Brad, I th- I don't know about <laughs> for you, but for me, growing up, you know, my there was always hope. My parents were, mm-hmm. you know, hopeful that we would have it even you know that life would be better even for us mm-hmm. you know and, and their parents certainly hope that you know well, coming I mean, out of the that's the american dream is for the next generation to have it better than right mm-hmm. it, but but i've heard studies say that um and i think it's it's millennials and gen z they're the first generations that haven't had that intrinsic intrinsic hope like it's not going to get better for them their kids mm-hmm. are going to have it worse or or we're gonna we're feeling like it may be worse for them so mm-hmm. good luck Levi 
<laughs> it's the pendulum swing. There's moments I feel ashamed to be in that camp. <laughs> Are you in the millennial camp? 95. Is that, I don't know. Is that millennial? I don't know. Well, your indecisiveness whatever it is, makes I don't, me think that Whatever it, it is, be, I don't associate with that. Group. I don't think right. concrete <laughs> <help>. <laughs> consider myself a boomer so <laughs> i've been called an old soul many times so that's, what, that's how i identify <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah that is grievous uh, to lose uh and maybe it was uh foolish to begin with to trust in uh if that's what you're talking about we used to like the um the FDA uh, or the CDC or, or the FBI, uh, we used to honor and respect. Those were like the cream of the crop, the yeah. smartest of the smart, and they were, um, we would assume, good people there, giving good advice. And uh, I think there were whispers of you know jfk was assassinated or or you know the ronald reagan being shot uh, but lived and um back then it'd be like yeah i don't think so but what do you think today yeah <laughs> i'm thinking yeah they did yep and maybe and maybe they were lying all along the the uh um the advice they give about Vaccines. I don't, I don't know how many vaccines I needed when I was Breaking a, a banner infant, this week. but they <laughs> have uh, be a little banner next to it. <laughs> reproduced. Uh, they have multiplied now. And uh, anyway, um, I think theologically, maybe it was foolish. No, I don't. I don't think it was foolish because because I do believe that America was an honorable nation and our culture. Um, it was kind of normal back, uh, and it, it just, I'm, I was born in the 70s and grew up in rural uh, Cattaraugus County in the 80s, and um, it was, it was not okay to lie, you know, it wasn't normal or okay to cheat on your wife or get divorced and, uh, or take bribes and and uh, it seemed like if if someone uh, if someone was running for office and someone else found dirt on you and, that, and hit the newspapers you could lose an election like you're out of the race because uh, someone yeah. found out that you uh, I don't know had a girlfriend <laughs> on the side or something yeah after Clinton that's not even a thing uh, anyway the so the culture I do think the culture decades ago was more Christian and you could see the slide from the uh, 60s you know the, the sexual revolution and uh, all of that hippie stuff uh, but now it's normal to lie and uh, even people are celebrated and, and uh, paid well by getting creative and lying who even knew what gaslighting was until hmm. five years ago um, but anyway, the 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 point I was trying to get to, I'm trying not to lose hope like like uh, the um, uh, the woke people do of this generation. I say, uh, 
all history has been white has been whitewashed for the white man and and uh, all of these people were actually monsters and uh, um, we're the only ones we're finally telling you the truth things were not as good as you thought they were all along like no I'm not going there I do think they were um, good people and the American culture was rather Christian back then so the Ten Commandments you know mm-hmm. telling you the truth was important you used to uh, shake hands and you got my word on it used to be a thing you could get a loan at a bank doing that kind of thing so anyway um, with uh, Nehemiah and the the world we live in today I think one of the theological corrections that is happening which is what you mentioned I think is what you mentioned was a, uh, a cultural understanding that people are not essentially good. That's huge. When when you divide like progressives or liberals against um, Republicans or conservatives, that's one of the, I think, main uh, assumptions is that uh, progressives think people are essentially good and if you treat them well, they'll treat you well. That's why we can send money to Iran and expect that maybe they'll stop being what they are. Uh, the problem is it's not true. And then, because uh, people are uh, totally depraved, you know, the theological... Yeah. Tulip. Is that we're, all, we're all born, not that we're tulip people, because that's <laughs> Calvinist, yeah. but we do believe in total depravity. People are born sinful, and that... Uh, that is how we should look at the president. That's how we should look at uh, the CDC and, and the, the education department and uh, FBI and everything else. There are, and yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, then having a healthy distrust of these institutions is something Christians should have had all along. Yeah. And uh, as the Good book says power corrupts, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and absolute, absolute power, power corrupts, corrupts absolutely. absolutely. Uh, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, stuff like that. So, I think I agree, and I hope that's true. That that the whole American culture, the the utopian lefties, uh, or maybe their children, are waking up to the fact that people are not essentially good from birth and uh, to be trusted um, as default. Uh, um, We can go too far with that and just, you know, assume everyone's lying. Then innocent until proven guilty is something we also believe in. But um, I think that's an important and so when you're trying to figure out fake news, real news, who to trust, including in the pulpit, you have to be discerning um, uh, about uh, what is true and, and um, who's lying and ask smart questions. How do you know that? Where did you hear that? Who said that? And Boy, you, you're, I feel like you're reading from my sermon this week. Oh, because we're gonna. Do we officially start the? Uh... We're yeah. So the the sin 
sessions. <laughs> and, and it's not designed to address sin that's in our church, although it may be, and I, I pray that if it is, that the Lord convicts. Mm-hmm. But it's to be able to speak, uh, and i got to make sure I apologetically, not like, hey, I'm sorry, but to be able to explain, here's what Scripture says, here's what I believe, and here's why. Um, and this week we're starting with anger and, and bitterness, but I'm doing a section on inter- introducing that, that it, we, when we speak into situations, need to always have uh, grace and truth, right? Like we can, we can hit people with the truth, you're a sinner, you're going to hell, and you're going to burn separate from God from the rest of your days unless you repent. Well, you know, <laughs> honey catches flies better than, mm-hmm. well, I don't know, cow dung. <laughs> but <laughs> you, get, you get the idea, <laughs> right? So, so Jesus embodies grace and truth. He, he, and so the first thing is we've got to know what the truth is and and understand it ourselves. We've got to be able to uh, to present it or to confront not only with truth but also with grace. And I don't mean that to say we need to bend in any mm-hmm. way to the woke crowd but I also think we need to understand that these are people made in, in God's image and so yeah. when we do bring truth forward there is always for me a sense of um, uh, uh, I feel almost sorry for folks or it's not sorry or pity but I feel I, my heart breaks for people because I think oh gosh you're you're following something that just isn't true yeah. but then also these conversations that take place like um, that if we're going to be people of truth, I'm using Ephesians 4, uh, 25 and following, that, that is it 4 or 5? 4. That, um, um, that if we're going to be about the truth, then we need to know it, and then we also have to be able to discern it in others. And so asking the question of, well, how do you know that? Or give me some sources on that. Mm-hmm. Or do a little bit of research yourself and say, Okay, you know the the average Joes say uh, the COVID vaccine's not good. Well, I'm going to do a little research, and then they'll come back and say, "Well, all the research I found online says it is good." And then we'll say, <laughs> "Okay, let's do a little different research. Yeah. <laughs> let's research something that isn't put out there by uh, bought and paid for by media." Google what web browser did you use? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Did you talk to Jason or to Travis Kelsey because mm-hmm. he received twenty million dollars to pitch that? Mm vaccine so um but to help you know we we want to we want a people a congregation a community that is educated and can speak intelligently about god's truth and it's not about defending god's word god doesn't need us to do that but when we speak wisely and intelligently about it it draws other people i think in and they can i think truth seeks truth like people will honestly say that to me sounds like truth Mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, the junk that I read where, well, women and children are born innocent, but men have evil in them. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, one thing I've noticed, when you start asking those questions, what, what makes you think that? Why do you think that? Mm-hmm. Where's your reasoning coming from? Usually, it's you realize if it's true, truly truth, that their whole premise won't start collapsing when you start asking those questions. Right. Mm-hmm. Like A lot of times you start asking those questions with people, and all of a sudden, you find yourself in this circular reasoning, yeah. mm-hmm. one absurd thing right after another, 
it's yep. re- becomes evident real quick that yeah, this stuff is built on nothing but fallacies, and it mm-hmm. slowly starts to crumble. Yeah, and so then where the anger and the bitterness comes in is, and I'm I'm guilty of this too, is that um, if I take a position and they take an opposite position and they get defensive mm-hmm. and mad and I get defensive, mm-hmm. and I'm going to use I'm blowing my whole sermon right here, but I used an, an illustration. <laughs> you don't need to come Sunday. <laughs> I did a collaboration with uh, Wild Game Freaks. Um, this week on our on our post or on a post in Instagram, and it's it's this cat that's just smacking the heck out of another cat, and it's labeled bow hunters and crossbow hunters because there's this oh. big divide in the hunting world. Crossbow hunters are worthless; they shouldn't be allowed to. And then you read my, you know, the thread that's, and it's these people are just bashing each other. Mm. I'm like, seriously? This is people within their own community, their own community. You have this whole other section out here that's anti hunting, want to stop hunting altogether, and you two can't get along because you can't decide. You know how? What's the best way to eliminate a deer? Meanwhile, you got the gun hunters there just sitting back saying, "Huh, watch this." Right, right. <laughs> and they're all wrong. We need to go just to spears or you know longbows, long bows, right? So hand fletched arrows and longbows. Yeah. So there's the sermon so far that I've of what I've written. Uh, I'm going to talk about the anger and the bitterness because I'll come back from a conversation or I'll come back from a. Uh, an online interaction like that and I'll be mad and I'll be upset mm-hmm. and anger is not sin I mean we know that that we see that with God and we see examples of anger with Jesus but when we allow anger to mix in with um, with sin it becomes bitterness so that that verse that says don't uh, don't let um, uh, don't be angry. Don't allow Satan to get a foothold. Yeah, the, the sun I- go down on your anger. Yeah, the, the idea is don't Satan. don't let your anger become mixed with sin. Mm-hmm. Would be a better translation mm-hmm. of that. And in that, because what happens is that bitterness and that bitterness grows in our hearts, and that's that is mm-hmm. sin. So that's, that's another one of my favorite scriptures. Is uh, our our war is not against flesh and blood, but yeah. principalities, powers of darkness. And describing your um, uh, your cat slap fight with the <laughs> crossbows and the compound bow crowds, uh, I see the the devil doing the same thing in the United States. Actually, I think there are books written on it. I don't not smart enough to read books, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm talking about communist people, socialist people, mm-hmm. fascist people, and you know, years gone by. Um, have written books on how to change a society uh, into uh, a communist or mm-hmm. a dictator type of a, and that's that's one of the things that um, I'm I'm trying to think of the title, but I think it's a waste of time. Um, one of the things you want to do is turn the population against itself, and that's yep. that's what they're doing with us. The intersexuality, sectionality, you're either male or female, you're white or, or black, you're, uh, you know, cisgender or gender fluid. And they come up with new, and then they, they get us fighting against each other. Yep. And, um, easily conquered. Yeah, yeah that's and right. It might a even house be in the communist manifesto or something like that. I mean, it talks about how to, yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and that's hard to believe. Like, no, there's no book on that. And, and if there were, there's nobody uh, trying to do that to America right now. Look around. Yeah. Uh, and it is, and it's, uh, it's devilish. It's not just yep. human. 
as Satan is there, and, and uh, the scripture does say, I didn't, I wanted to clarify that uh, the Bible does not say power corrupts in absolute. No. I, <laughs> I say that joke quite a bit. As the good book says, I usually mean it as a joke, uh, but I don't want to yeah. make, make people think. But that, this ties in some ways back to what we're reading in, in Nehemiah, right? So you have mm -hmm. these guys that are building, you know, mm -hmm. um, Elishib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work on the sheep gate. So you got this group of priests that are over there. and um, Yeah, let's let's sit on that for a minute. Yeah. The priests. Yeah. The and, clergy. And later on you see the merchants. Who? You, the merchants. merchants. Yeah. The, merchants. The perfume makers. The, the, the clergy. The people that are like high crust Are people. actually working construction. The clergy. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, and just so everybody knows, I was up on the lift painting on the top of the church this spring. Just yeah. so you know, and I, I'm, I want to make sure I'm doing my work. I conferred with him on my house projects, construction yeah. stuff. He well, knows on, <laughs> I don't know the, the statistics, but Mike's unusual. I, I, I don't. Would, I don't know that a lot of pastors are capable. You know how to use a hammer. That's capable of working. <laughs> well, you know where I probably learned that was at a previous church I watched well two previous churches that I worked at watched the men of the church put up tables and take down chairs and take down tables at, for dinners mm -hmm. and and both of those churches the lead pastor would just kind of disappear mm -hmm. I'm like I'm not going to be that yeah but I am getting older so I might start disappearing I don't make happen this that's okay <laughs> But anyway, so you have you've got these, you know, and then the men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zakur, son of, well, I can't say any of these names, and then the fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hassaniah, and you know, so you go down to you know the the next section repaired by the men of Tekoa. These were different families, some of them, you know, different tribes, um, and they were not divided. You know, the, like what, that's that's the the connecting point that I was trying to make. But with wait what a we minute, were talking about. you said the men of Tekoa, verse five. The second part of that verse says, "Oh, but, but they're nobles." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and isn't that so? Yeah, New York State or Washington, the 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 priests were building, the average people were building. Uh, it later on it says the the women. The guy's daughters were helping to rebuild. Right. But here, their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. Yeah. Hmm. It's mm. interesting I had that highlighted and I didn't read all of that. Interesting. And what's the lesson there? <laughs> I guess don't be <laughs> don't be like that. But maybe don't be surprised when oh boy, that's another Maybe it was common back. I don't know what the culture was like back then. If I'm not mistaken. Nehemiah built some too, right? I'm sure I he was. Yeah. Yeah. So good you, you have the person that has orchestrated this whole thing. So this is what needs to be done. He's not just sitting up on his high horse saying, "You go yes. do that." Right. Right. I'm yeah. going to get in there with him. I'm going to build it. Good leaders will do it. Yeah. What I get from that is that that might be the weakest section of the wall, so that's where I would attack. Since he was leader, take Ooh. out. No, I mean the noble section. Oh, take out where the nobles didn't put their shoulders in. Hmm. Get them out of the way first. If I were planning an attack. Yeah. Now I'm having my red dawn flashbacks. Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> but they pulled together, you know, mm -hmm. and that's um. I I think that's. 
to bring it back to to modern day, I think that's what's going to have to happen in the for us in the U.S. too is that mm-hmm. Christian churches, and I mean that in every sense of that word, Christian mm-hmm. churches are going to need to pull together whatever the denomination is, and we're going to have to stand and rebuild these walls together. I would say there's I don't know how many people were mentioned there, but it's safe to say without those fifteen or so that were mentioned, they probably all don't agree on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But they all agreed that it needed to be done. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the, it was for the greater good. It, you know, if somebody didn't repair their section of the wall, that's an opening for the entire city. Mm-hmm. That that you know is now it makes the whole city vulnerable. Hmm. So they better do a good job on the fish gate. I know how those fish people are. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them had come from, some of them were building the wall in front of their homes. Mm-hmm. And some of them had come from a distance. Well, like they said Jericho. Like, yeah, well, I remember Jericho. You walked around seven times, you blew the horns, the walls came down. Must have been they inhabited the place or they, you know, mm-hmm. they went back and settled it and stayed there or whatever. And there were, there were Jews there. And, and then they came to Jerusalem to... To help rebuild the wall, that would have been quite a distance. That's quite a sacrifice. I wonder where they all yeah. stayed. But yeah, it's about thirty miles, I think. From maybe it's a little less, depending on the route. And if Gaza's launching missiles, then you got to kind of go to the east. <laughs> yeah, that was neat. Another one I highlighted was uh, where. Um, they were re- rebuilding near the the pool of Siloam. Yeah. Which uh, later on, what? So what year would have been Nehemiah build, rebuilding the wall? Oh gosh. Uh, Five hundred. Four hundred. Trying to be a BC? person of truth. Nehemiah. Well, the uh, the Babylonian the uh, exile was five something. Yeah. 520. Yeah, that sounds right. Something. According so, to the Britannica, it was 444 BC. 70, 70 years later, and in BC, years you're counting down. Yeah. Up. So 400 years, 400, almost 500 years before Jesus, they rebuilt the wall. And I wonder if, so. and Jesus said, uh, uh, he, he healed, uh, I think someone, is that when he spit in, or he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Yeah. And uh, that would have been near this wall where they were building near the Pool of Siloam. I wonder if yeah. that the wall, had the wall stood that long? Or was there another... The wall's still there. No, I mean, was it broke down and built up again? Or was it, was the wall that Nehemiah was building here... The same one. The same one when Jesus uh, sent the... I would, I would guess, because that the walls are still like the old city walls are still there. Hezekiah's tunnels come out at the Pool of Siloam, and um, uh, those those tunnels and those walls are all there from twenty five hundred, three thousand years ago, whatever that is. I've never wanted to go to Israel, but you read more and more about it. Mm. It is. It kind of changes your thoughts. It does. What it, it it doesn't change your faith per se, but and I've said this before. It, but it takes scripture from black and white to color. So now, 
like when we talk about the pool salon, the first time I was there, only half of it had been discovered and, and uncovered. The other half is under a highway, <laughs> so they won't mm. pro- they won't ever. But they've they've continued to to pull back dirt and stuff, and it's got all. It's like a, a stadium seating of rocks that you would step down into the water, and I mean it's. Mm. It's pretty wild, and it was a place where there was water available, even when they were under siege, under attack, and the water runs down through part of the Hezekiah's tunnels into the pool, and um, there's a, the the history is really pretty fascinating. Hamas uh, rocked that place in what October? Was it October? Uh, is your your buddy who teaches at the Jerusalem mm-hmm. the college okay? Yep, just talked to him this weekend. Actually, five of his seven kids have birthdays this month. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. um, but they're all they're all doing okay. There's he's um, and I'll put out a pitch here. But if anybody's interested, there's a six week course that you can do on your own pace that they're starting right now on. Um, it's basically the the life of Israel or or the politics behind uh, Israel, um, and I thought about taking it, and I just feel like I got too much going on right now. But yeah, you can do it online. You take the classes, and you can even audit it pretty cheap. So fascinating. Yep. But they're they're safe. They're doing okay. The first couple of days were rough. They were, you know, getting you know they could hear bombs exploding. But that Iron mm-hmm. Dome is just amazing mm. that's which is why they had to do things like why gaza sent in gliders and mm. stuff because they could get around that mm-hmm. yep. well i think we gleaned everything out of everything out of chapter three did we <laughs> other than so. the dung gate right how would you like to have that as your address uh, <laughs> i'm right on the corner of seventh and dung <laughs> What a crappy place to live. There's no applause. Oh. <laughs> there it is. Just go through all. Doesn't have the pizzazz if you Oh, even further down in 22, the repairs next to him were made by priests from the surrounding region. Interesting. A group effort. Yeah, the Levites. Uh, verse twelve is the one that mentions the daughters, uh, with the help of his daughters. Mm-hmm. Leaders, leaders need to be pretty flexible too. Things pulling projects off, especially big projects, are are not. Neat and tidy. Nope. Yeah, think about the number of Israelites, Israel people of Israel that that they were leading and trying to get to to do this project. Mm-hmm. I think about you know a hundred folks at Hope Chapel, loosely, um, and trying to decide what our next mm-hmm. move is, a building project. What does that look like? Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're going to have as many opinions as you have people, and it's hard to get them all on board together. And mm-hmm. and you don't want that 
that, uh, and we talked about it last week, that um, authoritative leadership mm, or dictator leadership. Mm-hmm. And that's why as a church body, we have both elected into place mm-hmm. a body to speak for yeah. the populace. Yeah. And yet without leadership, uh, well, like the proverb, without a vision, the people perish. But then that's kind of what happened with uh, Nehemiah needed to go back and lead them. Although there were all kinds of leaders and governors, money. Nobles. Nobles <laughs> who wouldn't lift a finger. Uh, not accomplishing at least the rebuilding of the wall. And so Nehemiah had to go back and do it, or, or else nobody, or, you know, progress had stopped. And uh, Israel was not going to be able to accomplish their uh, mission, going back to Abraham, to be a light to the nations, be a blessing to the world. Uh, and so we've got leaders like you in our church <laughs> calling people. And being flexible, I think of the, uh, I wrote the small group summary for the annual report, coming up with society meeting next month, uh, and uh, trying to, all right, so, well, what is a small group? What qualifies as a small group? We have, we had gone over a small group policy, and I think a system and a procedure and everything was so nice and neat. But then you've got, uh, you know, these three couples that just started meeting uh, we don't even know when or who's in charge <laughs> or what they do when they meet. That's a group. Yeah. The prayer Pretty meeting. Pretty much play with dogs. <laughs> 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 it's a and then there's people that want to meet but uh, but not lead. There are people who want to uh, lead, lead a small group but they're not members of the church. And uh, So we, we could get strict and, and just start uh, canceling all of these things or uh, whatever but what damage would that do to yeah. to the church yeah I'm not, and I'm not sure it's really our call to you know if we, Levi and Ryan you both are in kind of small groups with other couples that you know what say do we have in that and them deciding to get together and grow absolutely nothing <laughs> that's right mm-hmm. performing our own churches <laughs> here's where the say is right is that if you decide you're going to teach or or study something and connect it to hope chapel then i w- i would like to at least be able to approve that's policies mm. that i would like to approve the material so that you're not so no communist um, manifesto yeah yeah. <laughs> and there's some others I would caution you about. Or any of the prophets that said that Trump would be in office for two terms last time. Oh, there goes next month's conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I consider, when I'm looking at our numbers for small groups, I would consider Tuesday nights the podcast a small group. Yeah. Because for me, it's it's folks coming together and are growing sharpening each other spiritually um, and especially now that we're going through Nehemiah together too that's that adds credence to that as well um, but it, I come away from this time great if people are listening to this I love that you know Sean's got something to listen to on the tractor or the other guys that are listening that are encouraged 
but for me, I walk away from this feeling like, okay, mm-hmm. this was good. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I was challenged or I thought differently about something or Levi drives me nuts, you know. Yeah, because he says so much. I know. He's <laughs> so divisive. <laughs> no, but I, I appreciate this too because I read that this morning thinking, what am I, what is the here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not, yeah. it's hard. Yep. It's a lot like a somebody got begat somebody. And wait, somebody I say, wait till we get to Matthew and do all the genealogy. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's got three <laughs> prostitutes in it. We that. <laughs> <laughs> that has been hazard of hope that <laughs> And I think I think this way the the Holy Spirit gets credit for what's happening too. You've talked yeah. about that before because we could say, well, you know, small groups start in January and you got to sign up in the back and you got to have a, a leader that's been trained and and signed off on the policy, is a member of the church, etc. And we do the same thing again in September. And all of the rest of the stuff doesn't count. Again, that uh, that's too controlling, and it, it doesn't mm-hmm. give. Uh, um, I could see in. I was just thinking about the Nehemiah building the wall here, with uh, the locals in, in Jerusalem, the, the outsiders who came from Jericho. They might come up, and they're like, "Who are you? Mm-hmm. Do you know how to build a wall, Jericho?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ever heard of it? Uh, or uh, uh, the the women, the guy with his daughters. Mm-hmm. Your daughter's going to work, build this wall? I don't think so. Uh, they put little flowers on it. But, th- but there was, uh, at the beginning, now I'm the remembering, pink section wall there, was a, there was a gold worker. Yeah. Imagine if he put a, put a, did he, did he add a little bit, a perfume maker. Do you think yeah. they added a little bit to their wall? and. Why did these bricks smell funny? Yeah, it was a perfume maker doing building a wall, and the gates, and the there was a, uh, I guess a roof over the gate. It was it, yeah. if you slow down and and meditate on this stuff, mm-hmm. read this stuff, it really comes to life. And and that to to be a leader under those circumstances must have required a lot of uh, uh, you just hold your tongue mm-hmm. cross your fingers <laughs> uh, god i don't pray god yeah. i don't know how that section of the wall is going to turn out but i guess we'll check on it next week and uh, and trust and and let people go and and there's there is some leadership some boundaries some standards but uh there's a lot of uncomfortable uh leeway yeah that uh we need to trusting people we don't know and letting people try how to, yeah how to define things like how do you mm-hmm. define what a small group is is it people having dinner together is it you got to mm-hmm. have a bible together you got to ha- pray yeah. together okay we prayed over the meal does that count like mm-hmm. so labeling defining um and then for us to to see you know to measure are we measure mm-hmm. like are we hitting mm-hmm. marks yeah. How do we hit marks? It's like having a conversation on board meetings. Yeah. How do, how do we measure the marks of discipleship? Well, we look at some pretty basic ones. Are they attending church? You know, we have, mm-hmm. uh, are yeah. they plugged in in something? Other than are they, yeah. Are they involved in something else? Are they participating in communion? Have mm-hmm. they been baptized? Mm-hmm. Um, are they serving within the church? Are they serving outside of the church? So those are visual things we can kind of see, but... Um, we also live in a time and, and place where if people thought we were, you know, going through a notebook and checking off everything they were doing, they would feel 
weird about that too. So um, we want the goal is to make disciples who are making disciples, and I don't care how we get there, but that's the that's the goal. And if it if somebody it helps them to know, okay, I'm hitting these marks. Then we'll mark them. You know, I'll create a sheet. We can mark them off. Because as Matt mm-hmm. says, our motto is helping people. <laughs> I like the first part. He doesn't know the second part. He doesn't know the first part. I was just thinking how this would apply to just individual families as men leading families. Because yeah, we're talking right. about government, we're talking about church. Take it down lower. Just men. Uh, I was thinking about just uh, uh, trusting people to teach our kids. So you come to the church and you let uh, a junior church or whatever uh, teach your kids. Who's to say, you know, there's some trust that goes in. Oh, that was, was me. four of us. <laughs> that, was, that was my phone vibrating. Uh, and uh, public school, sending your kids to school or leaving them home with your wife, which both can be dangerous. Thank you. <laughs> picking, picking the books, picking the books, curriculum, material. Uh, how do I know? Uh, and there must have been a. I wonder how the. Uh, so. Nehemiah is building the wall in dangerous times. How did he know that some of these people were not um, phonies yeah. or uh, plants? You know, uh, uh, where they opens up easily to talk today of the southern purpose. We need to vet people. You know <laughs> that they're that they're citizens. How do you know you're a Jew? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you might pull their pants down. <laughs> 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 I think the best part is your circumcised. I'll confirm their gender. <laughs> but uh, they're not even. Anyway, so there's got to be. You do have to test. There's got to be a test of character, character mm-hmm. and competence uh, on some level, whether uh, dad is going to let you teach my kids kind of thing i gotta know something about you i gotta yeah uh and whether that's at the government level citizenship uh school uh church there there does need to be and and the the bible doesn't talk about how nehemiah vetted these volunteers for the wall it's a curiosity but um that takes wisdom too to know um how Am I, as a father, gonna, uh, or not a grandfather, someday, uh, will uh, teach the next generation to be discerning mm-hmm. about uh, who to trust, mm-hmm. and how do you how do you vet virtue? Or uh, if only more fathers had that thought. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think my. I, and I don't, I, I don't want to paint with too broad a brush, but I think most, like with, I guess I speak for myself. I vet the girls, the guys that they hang out with, the, that they yeah. want to go out on a date with kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like I'll, we'll have conversations and there's been more than one guy who I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. I don't know. And we'll have the conversation. Listen, you hurt my girl, my daughter. I'm going to break your knees mm-hmm. and have one guy go, ah, that's funny. I'm like, no. 
I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. And we sent Charlie with him, and um, the guy asked Charlie, "Was your dad was kidding, right?" And Charlie goes, "Nope, I've seen him do it." And Charlie just kept right on walking. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I don't want to throw people under the bus, but my dad did throw a shotgun shell at somebody when he took my daughter out. One, my daughter, my sister out one time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did he yeah. give him the other line? The go, next go you, a lot faster. You, you heard her. They're going to come at you a lot faster. Yep. <laughs> so, and, but we don't vet. Um, my point was okay. We we'll vet with some of those things, people, but we don't always vet who's teaching or what mm-hmm. they're teaching. Yeah. Or, um, you know, one of the things that I, I was astounded when I first came was um, Elaine and I had had some conversations that there was just an, a complete biblical illiteracy among yeah. our kids here. Yeah. And so they had no scope and sequence of what they were teaching or, or direction. They were just kind of randomly, I want to teach from this this week. And, mm-hmm. and so we, we've added some system to that and some shape to that. And it's not perfect yet, but it's, mm-hmm. it's um, I think they're ready for a, for a step up in, in curriculum. But our kids now, at least, if you ask them the give me the books of the Bible, they can get you through that. They mm-hmm. have memory verses that they, I mean, nice. they're doing sword drills. They're, yeah. um, and then the questions that they ask me on Mondays, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Those, these are not kids who are, are, are any longer illiterate. They're mm-hmm. kids that are going to be, uh, and in many cases have surpassed their parents mm-hmm. and, uh, and other adults in the church. So mm-hmm. it's very encouraging. Um, nice. But what we need next is, and I've said this to Elaine too, is that if we are relying on one hour a week for those kids to come to church and get all the biblical teaching that they're going to get, yeah. it's a losing battle. Yeah. We need parents, dads, if you're listening, these kids need you mm-hmm. to speak truth, to speak scripture, to study scripture, to, to at least, at the very least, when they get up in the morning, let them see you spending time in the Word. Mm-hmm. They they need it, and they and they crave it. They probably don't even know they crave it, but they do. Um, and, and I think that's that's a way we talked last week about rebuilding the wall. There's yeah. that's putting a stone on top of a stone. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So. And they've got good devotionals out there. You don't have to just sit down and read the Bible. No. To your, especially if you have little kids, there's all kinds of good. And a lot of, so much of it is digital these days. There is some yep. good material out there. You don't have to uh, create, recreate the wheel. Just find some, yep. sit down, read it, chit-chat. Yep. Cool. All right. So uh, Nehemiah 4 is next um we gotta i need to start getting publicity out and probably i'm gonna need to put together a crew for friday the 15th of march to put dinner on we gotta Uh, we're gonna have to solicit some meals and mm -hmm. i'm getting door prizes and um i would i would cook some wild game but i don't have any wild game to cook (laughs) (laughs) i'll give you some wild game you can cook (laughs) How's that feel? Just a poor hunter. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're yeah we're gonna need to pull together some meals, um, uh, like potluck style is what we're doing. I got stuff uh, I think coming from Drapes Outdoors or Drapes Archery. Uh, stuff from Pertnier Sports is gonna give us some stuff. 
um, catch and release. So we're we're Sounds getting like some. Sounds like you have somebody measuring. Uh, yep, I got a guy rocks. lined up. So if you are a deer hunter and you have a uh, a deer rack um, that you would like measured, uh, I got a guy coming from. He's he's certified both with uh, New York Big Bucks and uh, Pope and Young. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, he's volunteered to come up from. And if you don't have one, get out there and no, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> get those spotlights out there. Um, yeah, so I need to. I want to round it out and get some some folks that um, might have some other interests like kayaking mm-hmm. or hiking or um, otter trail. Maybe I can get something, you know, going from that. And uh, because I know not everybody is going to attend that is a deer hunter so but Mm -hmm. guys this is a great great way to uh in a very uh, comfortable way invite others to 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 hear some great hunting stories some great fishing stories he's uh he also pete plays a lot of golf he's just he just does real he's a pastor former pastor he's got some great stories he lost a had a son die went through a divorce when he was a lot younger and um, just good stories of how the Lord has redeemed him and and, um, and is using him to reach two million people a week now. So um, that's how many he has on his podcast. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so he's uh, um, we're getting there with uh, with average Joe's. I think we hit fifteen this week. Fast <laughs> <laughs> track. My prayers are being answered. <laughs> We're staying average, um, but he is—he's going to present the gospel too in a in a way that is um, that is inviting for folks. Nice. Um, so I'm excited to to give this mm-hmm. a try once down here. We'll see how it goes. Cool. It's My goal is a hundred people. So if you each just because I wanted to have a goal. So I'd love to see 100 people. Well, if all 15 people invite one. Yeah. <laughs> Five people. <laughs> Pyramid scheme style. That's right. Well, we, maybe we need, like, axe throwing. I'll see if I, what I can do Ooh. to get one of those guys to to come I to. know somebody who has some tomahawks. Let's see what That's awesome. That I've professional. I have the large throwing knives, but I don't have tomahawks. I would love to. Machetes. Yeah. That's awesome. Are you allowed to say that? Word. Uh, what? What <laughs> Doesn't it sound like a bad word? <laughs> Machete. Machete. <laughs> Is that politically incorrect? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, it just sounded like a bad word. <laughs> so that's March fifteenth. <laughs> yep. Six. Uh, dinner starts at six thirty, but we'll open the doors at like six to get your start getting your to racks the new, mounted. New Testament Church on Sandpipe and Yep. Road and Perry and. Um, it's for whole families, right? Yes, it is for whole families, and I know the way I described it sounded more like hunting stuff, but it is a it is a full family affair, well-rounded so, yep. event. Yep, and uh, BCA may do a podcast while they're there. I just bought uh, equipment for B, for BCA, so I don't have to be sharing between the two. So, do you have a sponsor? No. <laughs> do, do you want to be one? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of being in Pennsylvania in February, the first week, is um, networking for some of that stuff. Uh, there's a lot of Christians in the industry, and so I'm hoping to mm-hmm. get some more interviews. So is that your goal it. is to keep it, like if you were to get sponsored somehow, keep it like a believer-based uh, uh Beards Creek? Oh, yeah, it's definitely. Cool. The, yeah, the motto, the, the mission mean, is faith, family, and stewardship, so. Yep. 
Yeah. Had enough. Yeah, I've had enough. I'm not gonna plug your podcast, but if you want to listen to a really good podcast, it's from the, like it was dropped what yesterday. Yeah. yeah, it was a good episode. Just saying. It was about two pastors talking about accountability. So. He won't yeah. plug his own podcast, but I'll plug it for him. <laughs> and BCA Beards Creek. Beards Creek Asso- Adventures. Uh, Adventures. That's what your sweatshirt says. Yes. I always go with association, but it's because I always think of BCA and, I don't know, it sounds like a... like a, a Incorporated. Fa- yeah, I don't know. But it's it's Adventures. Beards Creek Adventures. So. Cool. Yep. All Thank right. you, Ryan. No problem. Guy <laughs> got you. I will sponsor you about plugging you. <laughs> See you in church on Sunday.